Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Welcome into the Pro Fan League Arena. Grab some nachos, a dollar dog, the water's free. Pull up a chair. Let's get it, y'all. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. And that makes this a great day. Now, lace up your Nike Air Vapor Max fly knits and let's talk sports. Today, we're going to talk about success. So you tasted success. Now what? How is success even defined? We've seen lots of examples of success in sports in the last few days. The Edmonton Oilers hockey team are on a 15-game winning streak in the NHL. That's a fine streak. I talked in the show on Tuesday about how the Boston Celtics had their 20-game home win streak snapped and dedicated listener to the show, Steve from Lancaster, sent me a text and he said, let's not get excited about 20-game win streaks. The 1971-72 Lakers had a 33-game win streak home and on the road. I, I relent. Yes, the 1971-72 Lakers I think would probably beat the current Boston Celtics, and that streak makes their 20-game home win streak look not that impressive. So, with that said, I'm excited and interested to see if the Boston Celtics can match their start. Because if they have an equally impressive end to the home stand here in the second half of the NBA season... If they come out of this like 39-2 and two at home, it's not a 33-game win streak, but it's still something to tip your cap to. But this Boston Celtics team is at the point now where they're going to start being defined by championships. Everybody knows they can win. Those Lakers teams in the 70s, they hoisted trophies. The, uh, the Boston Celtics, they're going to have to hoist a trophy If they're going to ascend into a new tier of prominence. Jim Harbaugh. There's some success. Won a national championship at Michigan. Beat Ohio State a couple years in a row. Now he's on his way to coach the Los Angeles Chargers. Big old contract there. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Jim Harbaugh went to the Los Angeles Chargers because of Justin Herbert. He sees a talent there that he believes he can work with. Sunny Los Angeles, 
playing at SoFi Stadium. The NFL Network headquarters is on site there. It's all set up for Jim. Can he go win a Super Bowl in the NFL? Tell you what, if the Ravens win a Super Bowl this year, Jim Harbaugh has won a national championship. If John Harbaugh wins a Super Bowl with the Ravens, talk about having a monopoly on the sport of football. Seems like the Harbaugh family knows how to coach the ball game. Now, Jim does leave behind him a very interesting legacy at Michigan. So you tasted success. How was success achieved? How do you define success? We're going to think about that a little bit. All-star NBA rosters came out last night. LeBron James was voted to his 20th consecutive All-star game. That might not be consecutive. His 20th career All-star game, setting a new record. He broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. One of the things I'm most excited about for the NBA All-Star game this year is actually to see Mac McClung, last year's slam dunk contest winner. I'm excited to see if he can defend that title. He put on a show last year. If you didn't get to see Mac McClung in the dunk contest last year, that's worth a YouTube. That's worth a YouTube visit. He was electric. He's not that big. In terms of, you know, status quo humans. Certainly in terms of the NBA players. But my, my, he can elevate. He has helium in the bottom of his sneakers. Some people jump. Others ascend. Some people leap. Others float. Uh, Mr. McClung would be in the float category. Some people take an elevator to the rim. Some people ride an escalator to the rim. Uh, He would be the, the escalator. He has vertical leap to spare, we will say. So I'm excited to see that. Nick Dunlap. Nick Dunlap is kind of what inspired the theme of this show. So Nick Dunlap, up to last weekend, believed he'd be playing golf for the University of Alabama for the remainder of the year. And then, in God's providence, he went out and shot minus 29 at the American Express tournament. I covered that on Tuesday. Uh, He was the first amateur since 1991 to win a PGA Tour event, second youngest PGA Tour golf winner of a tournament since Jordan Spieth. Well, in the history, second youngest. Uh, He's an accomplished golfer. And in one weekend, he went from thinking he was riding coach buses with his Alabama teammates for the rest of the season at Alabama after he played in that tournament to considering whether or not he was going pro immediately after that win. So he flew home to Alabama, had discussions with his coaches, teammates, and family. And just yesterday, he announced 
He was going pro. He was accepting the PGA Tour Pro card, which is very difficult to earn, and going pro. Now what? There is success on various levels happening all around us every day in our own lives. There are successes that we experience every single day. At a base level, one could make a case that every time you take a breath, by God's grace, you've experienced success. But those aren't successes we celebrate, right? Having having that little moment where you just get to keep breathing, is that actually considered a success? Well, it probably should be, but we start to take it for granted. And I'm going to... I use breathing as a, as a foundational level for success because being alive is what sets up the opportunities to experience other things in life. But when was the last time you just sat and appreciated the success of continuing to breathe? Just like any victory we experience in life, it's by the Lord's hands. It's all grace when we experience success. It's all grace from the Lord, from God Almighty, from Christ existing, the triune God, the Holy Spirit. It's all grace that allows us to taste any sort of success, even the breath in our lungs. So when I say, so you tasted success, now what? Often, when we experience success, we we quickly can be tempted to start taking circumstances around us for granted. We can start to minimize the importance of the fundamental things that set the table for that success starting with the grace of God because all things are from the hand of God not from our own and then what were the habits what were the building blocks of what set the table for you to experience whatever success is putting you in the spot to look around and say, wow, I accomplished that. The feeling of excitement and joy and happiness that you're feeling in a success. I'm sure when Nick Dunlap hoisted that trophy this past weekend, he was ecstatic. It was unexpected. In one weekend, opportunities opened that when he started the tournament last Thursday were not in his mind. The Edmonton Oilers on a 15-game win streak. Well, guess what? They have another game coming. The more you win, the more it gets difficult to keep your focus on the next one. Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan, moving his family to California. I'm sure there is excitement. I'm sure there's a thousand details to consider when moving across the country. How do you handle success? NBA All-Stars. 
showered with accolades, experiencing top-of-the-line service, people screaming their names, people asking for their signatures, people traveling across the country to watch them put their skills on display. How is that success being handled? My encouragement is to be content. To recognize where the successes are coming from. To realize that it's all grace. And then to stay committed to the basics that set the table for that success. Let me put a story to this. When I was in my mid-20s, I had left working in the church context and was looking for a a career, a job. I had no idea what I was going to do, so... The Lord opened the door for me to work for a post, well, it was called post-construction cleaning. So we would go into buildings that had just been built and we would do the final phase of cleaning. And I was working for a a very interesting man. He taught me a lot. Uh, He actually passed away this past year. And when he hired me, it was the weirdest interview I ever had. It was down by a river on a rainy day, pulled up, asked me what my five-year plan was, smoking a cigar. I told him that I didn't really know what my five-year plan was. Uh, I hoped that what was consistent of me in five years was that I loved Jesus Christ more than I did on the day I met him and that I was faithful to my wife. I said, past that, I'm not sure. That's kind of why I'm here. And he looked me in the eye and he said, well, I'm willing to give you an opportunity. We, we work hard, we drive far, and I'll pay you like a man. That was the interview. Lasted like seven minutes. I uh, asked him what the going rate a man gets paid, and he gave me this answer, which wasn't exactly a truthful one. I found out a couple weeks later. Uh, I kept working for him, and he was notorious for saying things like, uh, (laughs) like he would tell us that if we were going to take a bathroom break during the day, we better make it fast because he wasn't paying us to pee. He would say things like this often. He was a hard worker. One of the hardest workers I ever knew. Uh, Kind of a prickly character sometimes. But I bring him up because he had owned a small business for a long time. And eventually I went to work on the office side for him. And when we we started to experience some success, it turned out not to be success that was sustainable. And what what I saw, what I thought was very interesting was how he handled the success. He was an amazing worker, an amazing cleaner of buildings. He knew how to get things done. But as our success started to gain momentum, his desire to work started to decrease. The things that were making us successful or contributing to that success from an effort standpoint were starting to decrease as the success was being gained. And ultimately, 
that was not a successful story in the long run as far as the business continuing to gain success. It is very easy to start thinking highly of ourselves when we have success. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 from the Bible came to my mind as I was considering success. Ecclesiastes is written by King Solomon. Many view King Solomon as the wisest man who ever lived, aside from Jesus Christ. His thoughts are there for the world to read in the Bible, in God's word. Uh, Many of the Proverbs are written by Solomon. And this man pursued many successes across his life, held himself back from no pleasures. He did what he wanted in many ways. He was not a foolhearted follower of the Lord for some of his life. But in the end, after all the experiences, all the accomplishments, he built cities, wrote books, he traveled extent like all of this stuff that Solomon did at the end of his life this is his conclusion Ecclesiastes 12:13 and 14 the end of the matter all has been heard fear god keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man for god will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing whether good or evil what Solomon's conclusion when he looked back on all the successes from a long life a life that many people by all accounts would say had the trappings of success wealth popularity prestige what's his final conclusion fear the Lord and keep his commands If we fear the Lord and keep his commands, we don't have to fear how we will handle success. Because when we fear the Lord and keep his commands, the Bible will help us to handle both success and hardship. Paul talks about contentment a lot in the New Testament. Are we content? How do we define success? I will tell people from time to time that I'm a recovering perfectionist. I once got a 98% on an exam in college, and I fired that thing into the trash can. I threw a strike, a fastball, the heater, the big number one, the high cheese. Threw it right in the garbage. Because I didn't get in 100. That is not a healthy perspective, friends. I don't tell that story because I'm proud of it. I I tell that story because I had an off-kilter view of success. For many years, I felt that uh, doing my best 
to honor and glorify God meant perfection. That was a legalistic understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only, the only person who is perfect is Jesus Christ. And when I repented of my sins by God's grace many years ago, that's a recognition that I'm not perfect, I never will be perfect, and I am standing inside Christ's perfection. That's my only hope. That's the only success that matters. Jesus' success on the cross at conquering sin and death and restoring relationship with God the Father and making that available to all humans who see their need for a Savior and will cry out to Christ for forgiveness for their sin. That is success. And by God's grace, when my eyes were open to my own sin and I cried out to the Lord, I'm not enough. I cannot do it on my own. That is the greatest success that I've ever experienced. And it wasn't my own. Only the Lord could soften my heart. Only the Lord could give me eyes to see my own sin. And Jesus' success is the success. It's nothing I did. I didn't accomplish it. I couldn't save myself. I am riding on Jesus' accomplishments. The Brad Gibbs that fired that 98% into the trash can wanted to ride on his own accomplishments. I believed in Jesus then. I mean, I was at Bible college. Not that Bible college means you believe in Jesus, but I was studying God's word every day. But there is a lot of pride and sin in my heart then. There still is. God's working on it, crushing it. Lots of repentance and asking God to forgive me. As my heart is pressed and I see things appear in my life, that aren't honoring to the Lord. So, cycles of confession and repentance. But Jesus Christ stands 100% successful. He has never lost. And he won't. So, when you see people being successful, how do you interact with it? Do you rejoice with those who rejoice? Do you immediately make their success about yourself? When you see others succeed, does it stir condemnation in yourself? Or are you able to rejoice with those who rejoice? I can tell you for myself, over the years, when I have seen people succeed, that's always been very alluring to me. And my my inclination is, Wow, I want to be part of that group. And quite frankly, many times I haven't had the opportunity to be part of a group that was succeeding. And I thought, oh, it'd be fun to be part of that group. And that's probably better. Because 
I find that when I taste success, it's very easy for me to start taking my identity inside the success and not the work of Christ as my greatest treasure. Something I have to be on guard about. It's something, honestly, that is a fear of mine with this endeavor with Pro Fan League. I do not want to be intoxicated by success. To that end, by God's grace, I, before I even started Pro Fan League, I had strategically asked people to be praying for me, and they still are. There are people that I trust who are brothers and, and sisters in Christ who I have watching me as this unfolds to help me remember who deserves all glory for any success, whether small or large. By God's grace, starting this show, starting the Pro Fan League Company, was a small success. It was rewarding to do what I said I was going to do. By God's grace, he opened the door. I believe he's given me a vision for Pro Fan League, for the Lancaster Thunder. And we will see what God has in store. But I can say that often when I see others succeed in my heart attitude, I can very quickly start to make it about myself. And friends, that is not okay. I'm growing and learning to rejoice when others rejoice. Celebrating their successes, being happy for them. Success is a tricky thing, as is failure. But honestly, I truly believe, and I'm more committed to this year over year, that success in many ways is more difficult to handle than failure. We just read last night in Family Devotions how Jesus said in the book of Mark, how difficult it will be for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Because when you have wealth, when you have everything you need, it's very easy to stop depending on God. It's very easy for our fear of the Lord to be diminishing. Because our pride and our ego starts to kick in and we think we're sufficient. We forget that every success we have is from the hand of the Lord not from our own hand. This is part of the reason that I encourage thinking through what your big whys are in life. Defining your macro and micro missions and linking them to your big whys, seeing if there's alignment. Because... When opportunity comes or you start to taste success or failure, how are you going to stay focused? Do you have people around you in your life who are speaking in 
to your life. Alone we die. Who's on your team? What are your big whys? What is your micro and macro missions? If those things are established, you will be able to navigate success and failure with focus and resilience. And that's part of the reason we talk about them here on Pro Fan League, where we are not just fans. I am a sports fan. I enjoy watching sports. I enjoy sitting here twice a week and talking about sports. But I also believe that the Lord has equipped me to do things in this world just as he has equipped those athletes. And I believe the same for you. We are not just fans. Some things I wanted to draw your attention to here towards the end of this show. February 3rd, Saturday, February 3rd. I will, God willing, be launching the Pro Fan League YouTube channel. And what you're going to find there in the early days of that YouTube channel is what I'm calling the 3 for 3 videos. So this podcast and the Swinging a Torch blog happen on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. On Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, on the Pro Fan League YouTube channel, you will be able to see a 3 for 3 video. It's a 3 minute video. 1 minute on sports, 1 minute on a biblical idea and application and 1 minute on a big why business idea or application. Sports, Jesus, business. 3 for 3, 3 minutes or less. That's going to be starting, God willing, on February the 3rd. I would also remind you of the Swinging a Torch blog. I, in the next two to three weeks, am going to be setting up a subscriber button on the Swinging a Torch blog. Often I'll hear from people, oh, I forget that it's there. So, I'll let you know, somewhere in the next two to three weeks, you'll be able to go there, subscribe, and every time there's a new Swinging a Torch blog, you can have it sent, a reminder right to your email, with a simple button to push that will take you straight to it. Check out Swinging a Torch. Coming in February, we will have the next business spotlight. February starts next week. The new business spotlight will likely be up. Yeah, next Thursday, February 1st. So, the new business spotlight will be up February 1st of next week. Check out Swinging a Torch. I would like to thank you for everybody, anybody who hears this, anybody who's talked to their friends about Pro Fan League in the last three months. Uh, Wednesday was the the close of our first three months doing this show, coming to you on the airwaves, the digital fiber optics. And... I'm excited to say we closed three months with 975 downloads of the show. Thank you for contributing to that success. Please share this show with your friends. Uh, 
we could use your help. My, I'm hoping that by the end of January, so we've got five days, to be over a thousand downloads on the show. And that uh, we'd be able to close out January reaching the 1,000 download milestone. So, if you think that there's somebody who would like this show, I ask you to share it. If you would be willing, sometimes I have people say, what can we do to help? Uh, If you have a Facebook, a Twitter account, if you could share the, the show on your personal Facebook or Twitter account page, that would be awesome. Word of mouth. You know somebody who loves sports, uh, loves Jesus, loves business, is trying to, f- to figure out some vision for life. If you think this show could encourage them, please talk about it. Share it. Finally, uh, if you know somebody looking for a speaker for an event, I'd be happy to, to talk with them, see if it's it would work out. And if you could give this show a five-star rating, whatever you listen to, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, if you could just click that five-star rating, that is helpful to the show. I'm grateful for each of you. Go Lancaster Thunder. Go make plays. I'm cheering for you. God willing, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the championship games this weekend. Lions, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs. They should be excellent games. Enjoy. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.